here we are here on the Mark Steiner Show, and we are joined here in the studio uh, by two of the people who are behind this Baltimore School for the Arts project, um, Citizen Stand, the Battle for uh, Baltimore, 1814. Nora Worthington is an instructor of costume design at Baltimore School for the Arts, and Kristen Schenning is education director of the Maryland Historical Society and has been involved with this project uh, and for the last pi- past five years and also works at Fort McHenry. Good to have you both in the studio. Thank you. And my dear friend and colleague, Carla Wills, is in the studio as well. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Carla. (laughs) Uh, Because she is a volunteer to do something off the cuff. Drafted. (laughs) Drafted. more like it. (laughs) (laughs) But gladly. And so to to read one of the plays here in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But let's talk about this project. Um, Because this is a pretty amazing project. This is a project that from School for the Arts and their partners, Historical Society and the National Park Service, um, where three faculty members wrote plays based on students' research about the, the intense multiracial aspect in the history of our city in 1812. Right. Well, this is the sixth year for our partnership with Maryland Historical Society and about the third year with our partnership, including the National Park Service. So we're really happy to have those partners. And we're also sponsored by a grant from Wells Fargo. So all of those things come together for us to be able to really do some amazing work with the students. And the students do amazing work for us because they get a chance at the Maryland Historical Society to look at actual primary source documents and look at people from the past that really interest them and build characters around those ideas and situations that those characters might be found in. So this was particularly interesting for the War of 1812 since many of our students really didn't know very much about it. And certainly I think our city doesn't know as much about it as we could given that there's so many things that happened here. But because our acting ensemble is a very diverse acting ensemble, and the Baltimore population at the time was equally diverse, it's wonderful to root out those stories of everyday folks that haven't been told. You were saying some interesting stuff inside the uh, boardroom, which we used as a green room this morning (laughs) for you all. Um, A bit about this partnership and what this history means. What the history means to Baltimore? Yeah, Yeah. And, and you were talking about how, what you were talking about was how the, the, the power of seeing young people actually do this research and work yeah. and how, they, yeah, and how it, they kind of, it becomes part of them and they can bring it out to the public. It really is wonderful. We, Maryland Historical Society has uh, an incredible library collection, about 7 million pieces uh, in, our, in our library collection. And the students actually, they come by six or seven times during the fall semester, uh, and they they really get involved in these documents. Um, We start kind of with a basic sort of history, but then they they go in-depth on uh, a number of different um, topics that kind of encompass what's going on during uh, 1814. And what's really great about it is the students... Um, they they really internalize it and and they start to see the connections to their own lives, um, and and it's it's a process. It's always a process. And the beginning of the year, it's it's kind of this. Well, we're just kind of reading this stuff, and then you start to get interested. And by the end of the year, and the students have produced and performed these um, these scenes, um, they're excited about the history. They they've found people that they relate to, and. They want other people to know about them. They want to teach about what they've learned. Uh, and they really use these plays as that tool uh, to do that. And, and we take them out to the community um, to other students their age. Um, that's one of the great links that, that we see in this project is that because we allow the students to um, do that primary search, source research and they kind of reflect back to us what 
speaks to them. Uh, when these plays get put together, we tend to have these topics that, that do speak to um, you know, a young audience that speak to teenagers. Um, and that's that's very, very strong. But they're also, uh, I love to see the reactions of the audiences to these these pieces because uh, Baltimore School for the Arts is a pre-professional program. These students are excellent actors and actresses. And they really are. And we just say, and we were hoping the students could be here today, but we realized as we booked the show, it's spring break, and they're yeah. scattered and doing their <laughs> spring thing before they go into intense rehearsals next week. So we, they're That's not right. here in the studio, which is why Carl and I are going to substitute for students. And we're both going to go back to our sophomore years in high school. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yes. Sophomore theater in high school in a moment. So, but tell us about now these, these, these plays were researched mm-hmm. by the students. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to do this historical research about what happened at that moment. Looking at original documents and more, and then created these characters. Correct. And they, the faculty then turned into plays. Is that how it works? Right, right. We have three playwrights Paul Christensen, Natalie Pilcher, and myself. All, all of you who are faculty at Baltimore School for the Arts. Uh, well, Natalie is uh, not faculty, but. Oh, she doesn't teach her anymore? No, she doesn't. At but all. Huh. She teaches the St. Paul School. Okay. But um, See, that's how far she's brought in as a guest artist, right. and we're very happy to have her. She's been with the project for she's several amazing. years and has written some wonderful, wonderful pieces yeah. for us. And the, the pieces are written very much with the acting ensemble in mind. And so that's one of the reasons why our department head, Donald Hicken, has really gotten behind the project. And also some of our faculty members who are directors, Tony Sandeas, Denise Diggs, oh. and Richard Pilcher, direct the scenes. And uh, I know this. All fine actors and directors, the three of them. Absolutely. And so they really shepherd the students through the process of creating an original script, what that means, rewrites. They also, um, one of the things that I know Denise is really passionate about, and I was hoping I could bring her in today, but she's away on spring break as well. She left town as well? She did. (laughs) Denise didn't come on my show. She left town? Fine. Wait till I see Denise. But uh, one of the things that Denise has has always brought to the table is feeling that it's so important for the students to be able to be able to, to to act in roles that they can relate to, and to have a part that is written for you, is is really essential. It's written for you for your acting ability at the time. It's written with a background in what your family history might have been exposed to. You can bring elements of your past into your performance, and Denise really encourages that element as well. So who who directs which play? Um, Denise is directing the play Woman of All Work that we brought a snippet of for you. That you wrote. Uh, that I wrote, yes. And that this character, Henrietta, was based on a real woman pulled out of the archives a student found, right? Uh, in Woman the, of All Work that, is Elizabeth. That's a different play. That's a different play, right? That's a different play. Natalie's play is about um, several brother and sister combinations. That's directed by Richard Pilcher. And that is about loyalties tested. That's about a variety of people who are working on the defenses of Baltimore right there in 1814, and especially members of the African-American community who are trying to make choices and really be agents in their future as they see the turmoil in in the country. Um, Woman of All Work, the play that I wrote that Denise directs, focuses on an African-American woman who owns her own laundry business, which was not uncommon at all in the time. And as the students looked at the advertisements in the newspaper, you could see advertisements for a woman of all work or a woman who would be doing a variety of things. So this is a conversation in this particular play between a a man who is enslaved and Mm -hmm. a woman who is free. Yes, who are are siblings. who Who are siblings. Yes. Who are at the embattlements. Who are working at Fort McHenry. Right. So women could be hired actually by the Army as laundresses. It was one of the few ways that they would be able to receive government money. Um, and so there were laundresses at Fort McHenry who were in pay of the government. Because Baltimore had a very interesting, strange 
dynamic in history when it comes to slavery because there were mm-hmm. so many free people in the city. Absolutely. Yeah. And the same family going back and forth. And it was just a very – so that's why – I won't get into this now, but that's why John Brown, when he took over Harper's Ferry, he thought that he was going to win because – and it just failed at the last minute because there were hundreds of mm-hmm. black folks in Baltimore ready to take a train – to Harper's Ferry mm. to, to fight with John Brown because of that dynamic in the city that took place in very few other places in Baltimore. Yeah. So Baltimore has a really interesting history. Yeah, in, at this time period, in 1814, you're as likely to meet uh, a free African-American as an enslaved person if you're just walking down the street. Um, it's, it's, a very, it's a very diverse community in a lot of different ways. This is a scene outside the Star Fort, Fort McHenry. Late afternoon, this is a, there is a basket with an ironing and an iron and a trivet, a table with a blanket, a bench, and a stool. Elizabeth Armstrong, African-American, in mid-30s, is finishing up laundry, folding clothes, and preparing to do some ironing. Her brother, Hal, enters. Shall we go? Yeah. You going home for some supper after you finish those shirts, Lizzie? Mm-hmm. Lizzie. Mr. Carlson, let me go for the day. We, we finished up mid section of the wall. He said we start again tomorrow early. <laughs> Lizzie, those guns they shoot off for practice them didn't both your ears? I don't answer to that slave name, Harold. How many times do I have to tell you my name is Elizabeth? I'm a proper businesswoman with a proper name. Don't need to get all out of sorts with me, Ms. Armstrong. Just because you're some free woman now. Not just a free woman. A free woman who runs her own business. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm just saying that everyone gets to pick what they're called by. Maybe not what they're called by, but you can know your own name. Ain't no big thing to me, sissy. Or am I not, or am I not allowed to call you that neither? <laughs> I may be Mrs. Armstrong in the Baltimore directory, but I'll always be your big sister, Hal. That's Mr. Something Something Hal, whatever <laughs> the third to you, Miss Armstrong. <laughs> oh, so that's how it is, hmm? But seriously, Hal, you should think of making something of yourself. Why don't you go down to the harbor and try to get on one of them ships? Black men come back from their time at sea doing real well. They get to see the whole world that way. That story again? Don't you see as how Master would allow it? They may re- he may rent you out to sea as well as he rents you out to the army. Working on the fort here. Money's money. You trying to get rid of me? Of course not. Just want something better for you, that's all. No sin in that, is there? I just as soon stay here. Don't think I'd make a good sailor anyways. I might get seasick. I don't know what all those captains' bells and whistles mean. I wouldn't know if it was coming, if I was coming or going. You'd learn. You think I was born knowing how to press shirts? I used to help the housekeeper back at the Randolph house. Remember old Suki? I was just a little thing those days, but I kept after her. Made a study of it. Show someone you want to learn, they'll want to teach. And that's a fact. Not everybody wants to work as hard as you. Some of us are just doing the best we can to get along. That's it. And that's just the beginning of this play. There's much more to it. Thank you, Madam Wills. (laughs) Thank you. That was fun. (laughs) Father Wills, thank you, thank you. (laughs) Little radio theater first thing in the morning. (laughs) So, I mean, so these plays um, that are coming out, I mean, they really do kind of show this interaction between people of different cultures Mm -hmm. in ways the students through their research, are interpreting, because they gave you the research to write the plays, mm-hmm. how they thought they might react to one another. You know that's saying? right. So in one of those scripts, um, the one that Natalie worked on, Loyalties Tested, I think that's one of our best examples this year. Uh, one of our researchers found a runaway slave ad um, for a young woman whose 
said, we're looking for Marionetta, but she calls herself Henrietta. And it had several details about this young runaway woman, that she was about 14 years old, and my students about 14, 15 years old. This runaway ad really spoke to her. She could see herself in that situation. She could see herself needing to move beyond a difficult environment, a difficult place. And she saw this person who took control of her life and made a choice. And then my student doesn't know how the story ends, so she has to imagine it. And she imagines that young woman, Henrietta, because that's important, what her name is. It mattered to her. It mattered to the, the enslaved woman, and it mattered to my student. And she takes that detail, and she creates a world based on other research of the time, understanding where that person might go. Like Frederick Douglass, she might choose to go to Baltimore because of the intermingling of the free and enslaved population here. She might be able to hide here. She might be able to find friends here who will help her. And in the context of the War of 1812, she might be able to convince her brother, which is what happens in Natalie's scene, she might be able to convince her enslaved brother to go join the actual British side. Because the British are taking people. And offering freedom. And yeah. offering freedom. Right. Yeah, and her brother may be able to fight with the colonial yeah. Marines against the Americans. That's, yeah. that's, uh, that, 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 the power of just that short message, understanding that history, is something that people are so separate from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, they, that you bring to life. That's why this whole project for the School for the Arts, over the years, over all the years I've been part of, was part of the School for the Arts when I, School for the Arts when I taught there years back. This whole museum theater, working with whether it was City Life Museums before and now mm-hmm. the Historical Society, I mean, working with kind of bringing history to life and yeah. through the students' eyes, these 20th and 21st century students kind of revealing this history, I think is a very powerful medium to use. But giving voices to um, historical people who don't necessarily. Uh, have much attention paid to them. Right. Um, these normal people, these, uh, you know, the, if you open up a city directory, you know, the laundresses and the shopkeepers and um, uh, people who don't necessarily make the history books in a big way um, through these plays uh, speak very, very powerfully across the years. The students of the School for the Arts are really highly trained young actors. We're talking about the 10th grade ensemble, mm-hmm. incredible work. Uh, and interpreting a history we don't know because as we approach 1814, all we think about is the Star-Spangled Banner. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And the heart of our history is so much deeper than that. And that's what I think is so beautiful about these kids and this work is they've dug into this history and pulled it out and marrying the best of kind of academic research with uh, theater and putting it together, the arts and, acad- and academia kind of married in this thing, mm-hmm. which I think is just, that's what, that's what our school should be. You know, that's, this is a yeah. lovely piece, important piece of work you all are doing. Well, when the arts and the academic sides come together, they really enrich each other so much, so much. Yeah. So I just want to thank you both uh, for the work you're doing. Thank you. With our thank kids you. in a very positive light. And it's good to see you both. And thank you both for being here. Great. Thank, thank you. you. Have a good day. And we here have been joined uh, during the course of this conversation by Nora Worthington from Boat School for the Arts, where she's a costume designer. She teaches costume design, excuse me. And Kristen Schenning, education director of the Maryland Historical Society, has been in the studio with us. Uh, and of course, uh, Carla Wills uh, winging it with me here as we read a piece of one of these, a short piece of one of these plays to give you a sense of the history that came to life. Thank you all so much. Thank you.